Hi. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Anchor FM. Anchor FM? What is that? Anchor FM is a podcasting platform. Anchor FM lets you record, edit, and distribute your podcast. It's used by some of the most popular podcasts that you listen to and many that you don't. Here at Bloodfest the Podcast, we use Anchor FM to distribute our podcast. When we upload our episode into their app, they immediately make it available via an RSS feed on on Spotify, as well as several other podcast platforms. With a little extra work, you can take that RSS feed and send it on to any podcast platform you like, or send people the RSS feed link directly. Put it on your website. Put it in your email. Carry it in your shoe. Get lost in the snow with it. Anchor FM. It's the greatest way to make your podcast. If you want to make a podcast, download the Anchor FM app or get out there on the internet and go to anchor.fm. Anchor.fm. Download that app at whatever podcast or whatever app store you like or go to www.anchor.fm. You've made a big mistake. You're listening to Bloodfest, the podcast. There's no escape. Strap in, children. Things are going to get gooey. Hello and welcome back to Bloodfest the Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I no longer masturbate chronically. I'm joined here in the studio by Joey, who has started masturbating chronically. How are you doing tonight, Joey? Well, I'm horny as fuck, and I'm about to masturbate. Oh, good lord. All right. That's why I didn't want to do that joke. Uh, Joining us live via satellite is Casey. Uh, How are things going there in the house you're building out of Blu-ray? Just fine. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) all right and and then from far far away we have josh the man who's collecting human livers hey how's uh, it going with you tonight still on number two but we'll see how that goes all right all right so did everybody have a great week this week no it was shitty (sighs) (laughs) anybody do anything interesting Watch movies. Any new movies that were good? Clown House. Clown House. Outstanding. And uh, uh, Girls Night Out. Girls Night Out. Yeah, that's a good one. Incredible movie. So outstanding. Yeah, Clown House was. Yep, big fan. Big fan. I tried to watch Man Eater. (laughs) I made it about twenty minutes in. The the mugging in the background from the actors. The worse than community theater level acting and the cartoon shark it was just too much for me uh i know casey you made it all yeah the way through, i did you? but i kind of checked out at the end so i honestly don't quite remember how they even killed the shark but um <laughs> but yeah it was pretty <laughs> terrible the uh, i watched a ton of movies this weekend um because i got a bunch of stuff yeah. from vinegar syndrome um so i watched uh, the incredible melting man um that it was really good oh how um, was it it, it looked insane in 4k yeah. and the uh this is the first time i've ever seen it and um yeah. the uh just the, the the gore effects on the dude who was melting were were crazy good um yeah See, that, that's on my list that's uh yeah. that's gonna be a and buy then, soon um, we also watched uh the birds the birds 2 lands end 
it's like a it's a made for tv movie definitely not anywhere near as good as the original obviously but uh it was entertaining enough um then uh today i actually watched uh, a couple more I watched uh, the child from 1977 uh another one that i've 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 had oh, for a that? while and it was really good um it's basically about a creepy girl in a kind of a, <clears throat> a spooky house where this girl goes to uh um, help take care of it and uh it kind of turns into a zombie film uh, a little over halfway through so yeah it's pretty cool. oh nice um what the peeper saw uh about a crazy little boy and and uh his new <laughs> uh kind of driving his new uh mother um insane um and five dolls for an august moon um that was a pretty good one um, and then i finally got around to watching nope um it eh, oh yeah it was okay i don't it wasn't what i thought it was going to be it, it's oh. it's an alien movie it's a sci-fi movie pretty much um it was yeah. okay uh definitely better than man eater but uh oh yeah, god that's about it. <laughs> how about by the way did, did you sleep or eat or it anything a that's a lot of movies yeah, for no, the I, weekend. Uh, friday and saturday yeah. night i started watching movies from probably about nine or ten until about four in the morning so that's how I got through. Oh, good lord! All right. How about you, Josh? Uh, you see anything new that's God, good? God, I can't even remember. Or I, bad? I just got off work not too long ago. It's been a stupid <laughs> day, but no, I I don't. Uh, we we rewatched Creep Show a couple days ago. Um. Nice. Yeah, I cannot remember. I, my brain is not working. I'll probably interrupt right in the middle of our doing this and just be like, "Oh yeah, I watched oh, this," and we'll just have that's... to deal with it. Oh yeah. All right, all right. Well, it's good to catch up with you. So uh, I wanted to go ahead and tell the the listener at home, I think his name's Frank. Anyway, Frank, uh, so last week on the show, we had said we were going to do a thing about anthologies, which is what we're going to do. We're going ahead with our regular plan. But after we finish talking about anthology movies tonight, uh, Casey and Josh are going to dip out because they don't want to be involved in what happens next. Um, yours truly got, got his hot little hands through a process that's uh, unbelievably frightening what I had to go through. There was, I bribed government officials. I made a deal with a guy. I think he was Russian. There was, there was a human sacrifice going on. Anyway, I got my hands on the screenplay for Halloween Ends. Um, I have read Halloween Ends. I know what happens. And we're going to talk about it. When we get to that point, I will give a big warning. So anyone who does not want that movie movie spoiled, I'll give a big warning, let you guys know this is the time to shut off our podcast and wait for next week. Um, so anyway, that's what we're going to do. So we're going to start out tonight with a little thing we like to call anthologies. How do they work? So I know you guys are all big fans of anthologies, right, Joey? I love them. Yeah, yeah. What's an anthology again, Joey? <laughs> Creep show. <laughs> yeah, but what's, but what's... <laughs> it, so, it, it's a movie with a series of stories made into one movie. Uh, all right, that's very good. All right, so for anyone at home who's like Joey, an anthology film's just what it sounds like. It's like an anthology book. Um, it's got multiple stories within it. Um, the classic structure is you get from three to five separate, sh basically short films, normally with some sort of framing device or story that wraps them together. Um, 
the anthology format has been part of film since the beginning of film, basically. I believe the first one was in like 1921. Uh, there was just a, a series of different sorts of anthologies that were made. Uh, There's some, some major films that were anthologies in the early days of cinema. D.W. Griffith's Intolerance is an anthology. The anthology films really got interesting, though, when the horror filmmakers started getting involved. Um, in the in the late '60s, Amica Studios in England started putting out a series of them films like *The House That Dripped Blood*, *From Beyond the Grave*, *The Asylum*, *Tales from the Crypt*, uh, *Doctor Terror's Doctor Blood's House of Terror*, *Doctor Terror's House of something like that*. I don't know. Um, generally, what you get is you get some reason why the stories are being told. Uh, in, in, for instance, uh, the Amicus film Tales from the Crypt, inspired by the classic EC comics, uh, you get these people who have wandered off a tour while viewing the catacombs, and a strange man, the Crypt Keeper, starts telling them stories about themselves that are supposed to be how they might die. And so we see a, a story about each one. And in short, that's that's how an anthology film works. Guys, have I missed anything? Is there anything I'm I'm leaving out there that we need for our It's pretty notes? loosely based. Yeah. I mean, for an anthology, it's there's not a lot of rules. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you yeah. covered pretty much all of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get you get so I said 3 to 5, but you get like two evil eyes. It's just two stories. It's you get the Romero and the Argento and they're both based on post stories. No framing device involved. But other than that, Okay, so now that we all know what we're talking about, I know we each wanted to, to say something about our favorite anthology film or what we like about them, and I thought we'd just start hey, with how's it going? Josh. Hey. Uh, I, made, I made a little list of the ones I've, I could find from Wikipedia. Of course, you know, there's probably some floating out there that I can't think of, but we'll probably all touch on a couple of them apiece. But I meant to watch Three Extremes again this week because I really enjoyed that one. It's a Japanese film with uh, three or not. I don't even. I know one Takashi Miike or however you pronounce that is. Um, he's one of the directors yep. in Three Extremes, but I think the other two might be all Asian. I'm screwing this up as I'm live. Yeah, I think I, I think so. I think that's Korean? why I'm messing it up. Yeah, isn't one of them Korean? But yeah. anyway, it, it's really good, and the uh, the stories are. About as screwed up as you think they would be. Um, as for ones that I can... Uh, dumplings. That's dumplings. The, that's the one I remember. That's the one I can talk about. The other yeah. ones, I, I they were good, yeah. but I, I didn't have enough time to do the assignment this week. I took a page out of Joey's book. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I did go ahead and rewatch Creepshow, um, which of course is a classic. So um, I'm going to go with Trilogy of Terror, because I saw that one about a month ago. Um, and just... It's got Karen Black in it. It's pretty much all you need to know. It's just, it's, it was awesome. <laughs> so, what's your favorite part of Trilogy? It's of the Terror? doll. And I know what you're going to say. You, you, you're going to help me with the name, it's but it's the fucking doll. <laughs> it's a zoo. Yeah. 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 I had nightmares about that when I was a kid. Yeah. It's, it, and, she, and she put on a hell of a show. So, so what? You know what's. What, yeah, Karen Black. What's well, funny Karen is, always uh, I mean, I like Karen Black, but uh, I do not like that movie. I, that's one of the. That's like one of my least favorite what? anthologies. Oh uh, wow! Joey actually, he actually gave me but, the Blu-ray and I gave it back to him. 
<laughs> I'm serious. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Oh my god, that's such a good movie. It's written by Robert Block, who wrote a, a bunch of the Amicus films too. Who and who wrote uh, Psycho? The novel Psycho yeah, is based on. I don't remember anything like Robert specific Block. reason I didn't yeah. like it. I just remember I didn't like it. I thought it overall was very boring, so I I ended up giving it back to him. Huh. Well, it is made for TV, so the the violence is a little more gentle. You don't get any nudity, um, stuff like yeah, that. So definitely, maybe that uh, hurts it. The lack of nudity would would hurt it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what's uh, so Joey? What's your uh, favorite anthology film? Only anthology film, you know? Movie forty three. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh man! Jesus. Hey, I, I know it's not horror, but it, it, it's it horrible. Funny as shit. I mean, the whole Hugh Jackman with the with I mean, the balls horror. on the chin. But <laughs> but yeah. But that is all uh, all kidding aside, Creepshow. I I've only seen it a few times, which just watched it earlier tonight. But Creepshow is probably one of my favorites. I think the yeah. first time I saw Creepshow was mid to late nineties. Yeah, but you know anything George Romero? I mean, it's with Stephen King being tied to it. It's, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's got it, honestly plus, it brings everything together. You know, the, and plus the story, the the, the tied one. You know, you yeah. get to see Leslie Nielsen playing a villain, which yeah. you don't really get to see a lot of with Leslie Nielsen, yeah. and he actually did a really good job playing that role. He's very credible as, as a scary guy, as yeah, a crazy, he, scary he guy. He really sold the performance, but yeah. I, I think the better one of, of of the stories in there was a crate because the, the, the blood, the gore was just... That one had a lot more violence, like blood, gore, than any of the other ones in that. Yeah, and well, it's, you know what I love about that one? Um, and I, I can explain it in two words. Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> oh. Adrian. Oh, yeah. Well, and Hal Holbrook. Hal, Hal Holbrook yeah, Hal holds Holbrook. that whole thing together. Yeah, yeah. Hal Holbrook was yeah. incredible in it. Yeah. You, did, you, did you know he killed a guy once? Did he? No, I'm just making it up. Did you know Matthew Broderick, Broderick did? Yeah. Car that, crash. That I believe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, talking about Creepshow, I absolutely love that uh, the little kid at, at the beginning and the end in the frame story, that's Stephen King's son, Joe, Who's a famous novelist now, Joe Hill? A bunch of his stuff keeps getting made into into movies and stuff and TV shows. Wrote Nosferatu and The Fireman and uh, and Horns and uh, Heart Shaped Box and and uh, uh, the Black Phone. But you can't forget yeah. the second story in that in that movie. You know the the one with Jordy and he has a grass growing out of him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, King. My, that's my favorite yeah, one. Absolutely, that's my favorite that. segment in that movie. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a really good one, which has now become like a popular meme. I seen yeah. it floating around quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you, what what draws you to to creep show? I just like movies that have different stories. There, there's another anthology that I'm think I can't remember the damn name of it. It's, okay, give me something. One of us can think of it. I'm, uh, there's an anthology that years ago I've seen it and I, I'm drawing a blank you, on it. Tell me that. somebody who's in it. Tell me Are some, you saying, I, a story. Are you saying anthology? Give me something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anthology. <laughs> well, it's like anthropology. anthropology. The, the stories are all right. about people. What about uh, Creepshow so, 2? Do you like that so one? So that makes sense. 
Really? I haven't seen that. In fact, I heard that one suck. I, I no, it's heard... it's pretty good. Yeah, it's actually it's not as good as the first one. But it, it is yeah. for a third one. Don't, that's yeah, supposedly that's not, so. No, so yeah, don't don't. Yeah, it's I'm not really of the creep show. One. Yeah, it's not really creep show. Romero wasn't involved. King wasn't involved. Sabini wasn't involved. Nobody who was involved in the creep show movies had anything to do with it. They don't like it. And Savini says that if you want to see Creep Show three, watch Tales from the Dark Side the movie. That that's your that's your third Creep Show movie. So, and I take Savini's word on it. So, Casey, what's uh, so, where are you uh, taking us? I recently watched Holidays. That's a newer anthology from 2016. Um, that one is all based on, you know, you could guess holidays. So it's got, you know, Valentine's Day, Easter, St. Patrick's Day. It's got pretty much all the holidays you can think of in there. Um, and they're... Uh, Arbor, Arbor Day, Day, I don't think is in there, but <laughs> all, all the all the well known yeah. ones. Um, it's really good. It's probably my probably my third. Well, maybe my fourth favorite. So I'd say my favorites uh, would probably be Creep Show number one, um, and then probably Trick or Treat from two thousand seven. I, I oh, was getting yeah. ready to say uh, Body Bags, which was John Carpenter. Yep, Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, that's another good. One yeah, from yeah. That pretty good. 93. Um, yeah. And yeah. then, of course, yeah. Trick or Treat is great. Trick or Treat Trick is or something yeah, I watch every year and um, around Halloween, obviously. And yeah, it's amazing. And then um, Twilight Zone, uh, for sure. Um, oh, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't Twilight seen Holidays, Zone. definitely give it a watch. It's It's got uh, Seth Green's in it. Um, he's in one of the segments on the, the Christmas one. I know. Um, I know Kevin the Smith Halloween did one. one of the. Uh, yeah, so his daughter's about, in that one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. It was okay. Harley. Yep. Harley. Um. But yeah. The the one that sticks out to me on there is uh, the one for Father's Day. Um. But essentially, this this lady finds a cassette tape and a recorder, and she plays it, and uh, she puts some headphones on and plays it, and uh, it's her dad speaking to her, who she thought had died many years ago when she was a, a little girl. And he's basically talking directly to her, saying that, you know, I'm still here waiting for you and, and here's how to find me. And she basically goes out and just listens to it and follows his steps on, on where to find him. And I won't ruin the ending, but it's very it's, it's very creepy. Like, it sounds like you're listening to some old scratchy, uh, you know, pre-recorded uh, tape, cassette tape. Um, it's just got a really creepy vibe to it. Yeah. Um, but almost every segment on there is is worth watching. Um, the New Year's Eve one, uh, it's about a, a serial killer who basically dates and kills girls, and so he's hooking up with this girl on uh, on New Year's Eve, and it's um, uh, Lorenza Izzo. So you know she's from the Green Inferno and Knock Knock, okay. uh, and several other things. Yeah. Um, but she ends up being crazy, and he's not expecting what what happens to him. Um, but uh, yeah, it's great. Um, I can't really think of any other more recent ones um, that are as good as that one. Um, go ahead. Have you seen Have you Have you seen Southbound? I have seen it, but I it's I, I saw it when it first came out, and I really don't remember much about it. So I definitely need to rewatch that. It's I. Yeah, I was I was surprisingly impressed with it. It has some some terrible terrible mm. special effects and you see some of those effects early on and if you let it it'll drop you right out of the movie so you kind of have to power past that. But if you do the the writing is is honestly pretty top notch. Yeah, and that's uh, Oh, something else I wanted to bring up too. Um this is a uh, like an anthology TV series uh, Into the Dark on Hulu. I think it was on Hulu. Um Yep. 
yeah there's, oh, there's yeah. two seasons yeah, yeah, yeah. of that so there's like 24 episodes yep. and it's also based on holidays uh, and it's got some you know heavy hitter people in it like barbara crampton and uh, some some older ones like steve gutenberg's in it um yeah uh, sean ashmore oh, nice. um but yeah those, okay. those are really good so speaking of shows have you guys seen uh two sentence horror stories mm, you know that I can't remember if that's on Netflix or Hulu or where that is, but they're uh, they're little ironic. So it opens with like just one sentence, like like she finally found the new house, and then you see like a fifteen minute story, and it ends horribly, and it said, "But it was in <laughs> hell." Is the second sentence or something like huh. that? That's they're always yeah, it's they're fun. They're they're little short bite sized bits, and they're they're. Oh, kind that of fun. reminds me too. Another one that uh, there's another season coming soon, I believe. Uh, the Black Mirror. Um, those those are excellent. Yes, I, I am a huge see, fan. See yeah, um. yeah. I kind I kind of thought that uh, maybe Charlie Booker was giving up on doing the Black Mirror because you know the world yeah. we live in is weird enough. So, but no, they're back. They're back. Yeah, I love it, and they keep predicting things. Uh, Prime Minister of England fucks a pig. Then we found out that the Prime Prime Minister of England fucked a pig while he was in college. <laughs> Uh, we've got the robo- the military robot dogs in the Metalhead episode, and yep, they're making those now. Gonna gonna use those for urban pacification. <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good yep. stuff right there. Uh, so so uh, another one. Uh, oh crap, I'm gonna blank on it now. So Hulu did an anthology series that only ran one season, season uh, hosted by Patton Oswalt, called or no. He was in a – actually, sorry, sorry, I'm an idiot. He was in the best episode of it. It's hosted by Mark Hamill called Dimension 404. It's kind of an Outer limit style technology gone bad sort of thing. Anybody see that? No, no. but it sounds good. No, blank, blank looks, yeah, yeah. No, it's fun. It's fun. It's a good one. It's a good one. I don't think I've I've heard of it. Yeah, so they did one season. They like dropped it a few years ago with like no fanfare. I just happened to stumble across it. Um, I think I saw Mark Hamill tweet about it. So because he did like the opening voiceover, he was the Rod Serling of the show, basically. Hmm. You'll have to check yeah. that out. Um, yeah, yeah. Some other notable ones too are the VHS movies. Uh, those are more recent anthology movies. Those are really good. And there's a yeah. new one coming out soon too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've I have enjoyed all of those, so I am pretty excited to get the next one. Um, so I have to say for myself, if I think about my favorite anthology films, Creepshow is obviously number one. I think there's a there's something of guys around our age group. I know I'm a little older than the rest of you, but guys around this group, I think Creepshow is going to be you know one we saw when we were young. It brings together a lot of stuff I like. You've got Stephen King, you've got George A. Romero, you've got Tom Savini. It's based on the old, uh, well, inspired by the old EC comics. It's it's got a lot of irony. It's got people being punished for their transgressions, getting their comeuppance, which I just enjoy. It's funny. Um, it's got Adrian Barbeau. It's got it actually. It's got a, a lot of great actors. Hal Holbrook, we talked about earlier, who's just a, a favorite of mine. But everybody else has said stuff about Creepshow. So if I were going to not call Creepshow my favorite, I I suppose my favorite would be uh, Amicus's 
the Monster Club. <laughs> have you guys ever seen anybody ever see the Monster Club? Yeah, that was, I haven't. I just saw that on it, uh, Joe Bob on Last Drive-In. But the funny thing is, I don't, I don't really remember oh, much about. It. I do remember I liked it, um, but I'd never heard of it until then. So it's the the concept is just ridiculous. Uh, a guy is out on the street late at night. And uh, a man comes up to him and says, I, I haven't eaten in days. I'm starving. Can you help me? And, and the other dude's like, well, yeah, I'll help you. Thanks. And he bites him on the neck and sucks some of his blood because he's a vampire who's hungry. So to thank him, the vampire takes him to the Monster Club, which is like a nightclub for monsters. And up on the wall, there's like a chart that explains all the different types of monsters and how they're related and stuff. And so to illustrate, he tells stories about each kind of monster. So there's a there's a vampire story and there's a ghoul story. Uh, there's a there's a story. He, he talks about the ridiculous, if this monster breeds with that monster, then you'll get a this. And so if a human breeds with a ghoul, you'll get a hume goo or something. Um, they're they're fun crazy little stories the best one is this guy gets lost in a fog and he comes out of the fog and he's in this tiny little english village and it's you know the the weird village kind of thing that that shows up in in horror a lot and the village is like seems partially abandoned but there are people around and the people start chasing him so he's trying to get away from them and he meets this little girl who who gets him who's who's trying to help him she's very nice to him and then she she keeps saying he keeps saying if no one comes here where do you get clothes where do you get everything and she's like oh from boxes we get we get clothes from boxes we get we get food from boxes good eating in boxes and it's not until very far in that you realize the boxes are coffins because the town is full of ghouls and they dig up the dead to eat them or to get stuff they need and then when someone new wanders in they eat them too so and it, it's it's hilarious and kind of mean spirited and stupid and I love it. It's honestly it is for me it is it is the peak of what Amicus was doing in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, which uh, I, I remember that uh, one, uh, and then uh, also the vampire one. I really like that one too. Yeah, the vampire. Yeah, be, be wet. that uh, does yeah, that have Donald Pleasance in yep. it? Yeah, that one's got Donald Pleasance in it. Beware of men carrying violin cases. Yeah, yeah. Love that one. The the whistling guy is is interesting. His his whistle oh, right, kills things. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. I honestly did not so I rewatched Creep Show for this. And I also was rewatching Tales from the Crypt, but then we had something come up and I had to stop and didn't get a get a finish it. Um I would say Tales from the Crypt is a ton of fun too from Amicus. Um it's it's very much what you would expect. It's based on the old EC comics. In fact, the first story in it is also the first story that HBO used when they did their Tales from the Crypt series about the woman who kills her husband, and there's an escaped lunatic dressed as Santa, and the daughter thinks it is Santa and lets him in, oh, and yeah. he kills them, that one. Um, honestly, though, the, the best part of Tales from the Crypt is the final story where the guy takes over. It's like a... It, it's like a rest home for old people, and he takes it over, but he stops, like, spending money because he wants the money so he can live a, a fancy high life. And so uh, the old people are 
getting sicker and sicker, and one of them actually freezes to death. So the so the old people decide to uh, well, it's blind people. Old blind people is what it is. They decide to punish him. So they like build a maze in the basement with with uh, corridors that get gets narrow more and more narrow and eventually they're very narrow and there are razor blades embedded in the walls so he's getting getting like sliced up as he tries to tries to get through it that's one of my favorites so um what else guys what do we there's uh, one other anthology i i have i saw it one time very vague memories of it i seem to recall liking it it came out late '80s. It was called uh, "Dead Time Stories." Oh yeah, "Dead Time Stories" it came That's out a fun '85 one. or '86, and That's I saw it one. one time. This is probably very early 2000s when I saw it. That's uh, probably around the same time as uh, what Tales from the mm-hmm. Hood, which was a fun one. They did a sequel to that one recently that was not as good, I have to say. Uh, although it did have a. Uh, uh, Oh, I'm gonna blank. Um, Keith David. I yeah, have to uh, say, Keith between David Creep Show and Dead Time Stories, it really inspired me, you know, to become an anthologist and get my <laughs> PhD in anthology. You know, my my career as an anthologist really excelled. That's yeah. Having seen two of them, really, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, I I have to say, I honestly. It, it seems to me like they, the anthology films, the horror anthology films, kind of go in cycles. So late 60s, early 70s, we had a ton of Amicus films. There was that point in the late 80s, early 90s where we got Cat's Eye, the Tales from the Crypt movies, uh, or, or Creepshow movies, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, oh, what was I thinking of? Oh, yeah, uh, Tales from the Hood. Um, Dead Time Stories, but a yeah. bunch of those then. And then it seems like the last few years we've had a little resurgence with, with Holidays, the VHS movies, uh, Double X. Have you guys seen that um, one? I've got it on... I've heard of it. Never I, seen I, it. I have it on my Plex server, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, yeah I, I've heard of Triple <laughs> X. That, no, that's a that's a different thing. That's, although, does anyone do... Does the Poundologies. Anthologies? That's not a bad idea. Poundologies. I hope That's so. That's not a bad idea. Think about it, because you could actually do like actually, porn parodies. There, in there the is form. a couple movies that I have from Vinegar Syndrome <laughs> their, from, from their Picarama line. It's called Phantasm and Phantasm Comes Again. So it's a double feature, uh, and it's not oh, nice. it's not actual porn. Like it's using like the, the the stars in it are porn stars, but it's you don't. Yeah. It's right on the border of, of softcore and hardcore, so it's not quite hardcore. Okay. And it's like a comedy anthology, both of them. Um, it's, it's actually okay. pretty pretty funny. Uh, pretty good. That's that's the closest thing I can think of the, to a, a adult anthology. See, I came up with the I came up with what I think would be the best line to use if you were doing a porn version of Night of the Living Dead, and that's they're getting you to come, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> th- uh, they're coming on you, Barbara. It's not as funny. I mean, that's okay, but it's not as funny. Could you imagine a Bukaki Night of the Living Dead, Barbara? Night, night mm. of the Living Bukaki. Night of the Living B- Bukaki with Barbara. <laughs> hey 
you could do a you could do a Night of the Living Dead porn parody. Cleveland it wouldn't be that Steamer. hard. I mean, the the zombies don't eat you. Well, could, they could, they might eat you a little. Could but you imagine then, the zombies and Barbara involved in a the, Cleveland the Steamer? Twi- okay, wait, the Twilight that's, Bone. That's enough. It's definitely <laughs> <laughs> the Twilight Bone. The Twilight Tails nice. on the hips. Nice. <laughs> 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 Night of the Living oh, Orgasm. Okay, we can go on. No, on. no, 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 no. Yeah, put thirty seconds on the clock. Yes. Okay. No. 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 Okay. Okay. So, guys, I think it is time for our mid-show break. So let's take a little break for a word from our sponsor. This week's sponsor is Anchor Podcasts. We'll bring you a word from them, and then we'll be right back. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Anchor FM. Anchor FM? What is that? Anchor FM is a podcasting platform. Anchor FM lets you record, edit, and distribute your podcast. It's used by some of the most popular podcasts that you listen to and many that you don't. Here at Bloodfest the Podcast, we use Anchor FM to distribute our podcast. When we upload our episode into their app, they immediately make it available via an RSS feed on on Spotify, as well as several other podcast platforms. With a little extra work, you can take that RSS feed and send it on to any podcast platform you like, or send people the RSS feed link directly. Put it on your website, put it in your email, carry it in your shoe, get lost in the snow with it. Anchor FM. It's the greatest way to make your podcast. If you want to make a podcast, download the Anchor FM app or get out there on the internet and go to anchor.fm. Anchor.fm. Download that app at whatever podcast or whatever app store you like or go to www.anchor.fm. And we're back. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed that commercial as much as I did. I'm a little roused. My nipples it, are hard. I wanted to I wanted to take a second. So since we, we've gotten a little bit into saying a few things about TV anthologies, especially horror TV anthologies, and I suppose this only tangentially counts as horror, but I think the greatest television anthology of all time is, I'm going to blow everybody's mind when I say this, Twilight Zone. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anybody. I'm, you anybody, know, I haven't actually watched the, the TV yeah. shows. Really, really, really. Oh my God! Five seasons of perfect. Okay, I'm sorry. Four seasons of perfect perfection, and one season where the episodes drag on because they're an hour long each. And now you're talking about the original minutes. one, right? Um, and then yeah. Yeah, the original from yeah, the sixties, and then it, in the in the eighties, they did three seasons in the eighties, um, which were not not bad. They they've got some high points to them. Then around the year two thousand, they did like thirty episodes with Forrest Whitaker standing in for Rod Serling, and a lot of those are actually surprisingly good. They're not they're not great, but a lot of them are surprisingly good. They kind of mixed back and forth between 
remakes of original stories and new stories. They got uh, Harlan Ellison wrote several of them. George R. R. Martin wrote a few of them and was a uh, was a producer on the show. And interestingly enough, if anybody's a Game of Thrones fan, in a in the Game of Thrones books, the Song of Ice and Fire books, uh, Tyrion Lannister gets his nose cut off in a in a sword battle. They they didn't in the uh, series. They just had him get a scar on his face, um, but. And the reason that happens in that book is because when they were making the Twilight Zone in the in in the 80s is the one George R. R. Martin worked on. Yeah. And when they were making that version, a stuntman got his nose cut off in in a fake sword battle um, because the other guy hit him too hard with a blunt sword, but it still took his entire nose off. And so Martin ended up using that in his own writing. I don't know. If Anybody finds that not interesting really. or not? So. <laughs> no? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you bastards. Yeah, but uh, it, anyway, ho- horror anthology TV shows. We we had uh, uh, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Nightmares, which is incredibly hit or miss, but that was out there. Didn't they make a? Uh, you said Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Didn't they Pretty do a Friday the Thirteenth? Yes, yeah. but it's unrelated to Friday the Thirteenth. It's people these these people uh, inherit an antique store from their uncle who died, but the uncle had made a deal with the devil, and all the antiques he sold were like haunted items, and so they're trying to get the haunted items back. And it's actually surprisingly fun to watch. I was a big fan. the The star of it was a uh, Canadian pop singer named. Robbie, I think is her name, red redheaded, curly haired woman. Um, I was absolutely in love with her when I was like sixteen when I was watching that show. Um, I don't know anybody like any any TV anthology shows uh, besides the Black Mirror and um, I guess uh, we've been watching um, the uh, American Horror Stories because uh, the new season of that's on. Uh, it's it's oh, yeah. actually pretty yeah. good. I didn't like the first season. Uh, very much, but the, this new season is pretty good. I I didn't like the way the first season tried to tie the episodes together and then wrapped it up with the video game thing. I was not I was not a fan of that, but I was I was enjoying the episodes kind of on their own merits individually, though. But I haven't seen the second one yet. Anyone watch Creep Show on oh, Shutter? Yeah, I did watch a few of those. I, I haven't watched all of them, but yeah, they were yeah. they were okay. Yeah. Um, they're 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 kind of fun, and they uh they did a an animated special where they adapted Stephen King's story Survivor Type about a man who eats himself, which is a story I absolutely loved when I was a kid. So that was fun. Yeah, and Adrian Barbeau's fun. in it too. Josh, you're not oh, saying yeah? anything. Wanna... Yes. Yep. Okay. Josh, do you watch? I was any trying to think. I, TV I, shows? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I do. I, I was thinking I I started watching Black Mirror, but it depressed me too much because, like you guys said, it's it pretty much mirrors real life, and yeah. I was like, I don't need that. And of course, that was when I was drinking really heavily, so I didn't want to be depressed and drink. So, but now now I should probably go back and watch it now that I'm depressed and sober. <laughs> it's yeah, there you go. But, there you go. It's it's, it's effective. <laughs> it really is. But I can't really I like think of any of the other ones. Uh, uh, Creep Show, like It'll, you guys said, it's. It, I, I like the movies, but I yeah. haven't watched the show yet. Yep. 
it's the, the I, I honestly have enjoyed it. I have. I actually have not watched the latest season. I just haven't had time to catch up with it. But I guess Joe Bob counts as an anthology show, doesn't it? You get a different story I mean, every, every I episode. Mean, yeah, there's, there's two movies per, <laughs> per episode, so yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there was Masters of Horror, which was a, a 50-minute movie. Okay, if you episode. count that, that was that great. Was, that was I mean, I, I love just about um, all of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tales from the Dark Side, absolute classic. Do you do you guys watch Tales from the Dark Side at all when you were younger? Oh man! Oh, so it was actually uh, uh, executive produced by George Romero. Uh, Stephen King wrote several episodes. Um, it's very it's very creep show esque. They did they did I think three or four seasons and then a movie. Uh, Tom Savini was involved in it. Um, then. After it ended, Romero wasn't involved moving forward, but they did some of the other people involved did a, a show called Monsters that was largely the same show but with a different title. That was that was good fun too. Hmm, interesting. Joey, you watch any of those? No, I'm how's too that? busy eating pizza. How's, I was about to ask, how's that pizza taste? No, it's fucking amazing. It's not good, but it was hot and it was ready. So well, it's cold now. Well, it's cold. But it's still it's good. Still ready. Yeah, yeah. But right. no, um, I don't know. I'm weird in the sense I really don't get into TV shows because I don't like waiting in between seasons. Well, I mean, Stranger Things. I mean, you had to wait like 15 fucking years for the latest. <laughs> I know those little thing. kids it's, are all in their 30s now. It's fucking annoying. I I just I don't like that. Yeah. I like movies where. You sit down, you watch it from beginning to end, you get the whole thing. And then 10 years later, it gets remade, and you watch it all over again. You don't have to wait. (laughs) It gets remade? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. It starts again. I don't know. That's just the main thing that annoys me. I mean, I know with Netflix and stuff, you can watch shit back to back, but, you know, I don't want to go back to season one of a fucking show that came out 20 years ago. Man, you are (laughs) salty. Because it's like... You know, I mean, I'm not salty, it's Joey. Just, there are 31 flavors, <laughs> and you choose to be salty. I'm Jesus. just uh, you interrupting my pizza eating, man. <laughs> but you know, it, it's really hard to you know go all the way back to season one, and then you know when you watch a show, you want to talk about. Well, how's people, that any different than you know, how's that any different than going back and watching old films? It's not. It's not really. Yeah. 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 We just watched a movie from 1981. Stop ruining my moment, damn it. <laughs> this is my time to shine. So I, I rewatch the entirety of the original Twilight Zone about once a year. So it's I make it my, my morning before work while I'm watching my coffee. I watch one episode of the Twilight Zone every day. You, until while you're watching your coffee? Do it, do it once a year. Okay. While That's, I'm drinking my coffee. Yeah, he's okay, watching. so guys, I have, to, I have to admit to something here. I, I last night I went to bed after midnight, which is fine, but then a storm rolled in at four AM and my dogs woke me the fuck up and would not let me go back to bed. So I'm running on less than four hours sleep and I've been awake for what goddamn time is it? It's it's like ten PM while we're doing this. So uh in six hours I'll will have been up twenty four hours with less than four hours sleep in between. So I might Are you staying up till six sense. in the morning? I just I gotta say. I gotta say. 
I don't know. Who knows? We're, we're doing this. After you guys get out, we have to do we have to do our spoiler of the first half of Halloween Ends. We're going to break it up over two parts. Um, and then after that, we've got uh, a new ad to record. We're doing a we're going to do a promo for another podcast, and they're going to do a promo for us. And so I have to record that after we get done with this. And, and then, then we're we have doing to go, porn. And then we have to yeah we're gonna after. we're gonna watch Debbie Does Dallas. Um, because we want to definitely talk about that soon on the show. Uh, I hear that that Bambi girl that's in it is going to be a big star. Um, anyway, I'm not making a lot of sense. I know. I know. All right. So, who else has more to say about anthology films or TV shows or books with different stories in them? Or that one cartoon you liked one time. I got nothing. I think I've said all. I, all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, there's there's quite yeah, nothing, a few yeah. of the yeah. anthologies that I need to go back and revisit, and also a bunch of them I haven't seen. Just looking, you know, through like top fifty anthology movies. Uh, I know there's a lot of the older ones that you yeah. mentioned that I have not seen. Um, so I'll get to them at some point. I. I 100% recommend just going through the whole run. Amicus did like like eight or nine between like 68 and 75 or something. And I, I, I recommend just going through the whole run of them. Even the worst of them, uh, The Uncanny, I think is the worst of them, are, are well worth seeing. The Uncanny. Okay, so here, let me do this. The Uncanny. The, so the frame story is this writer is talking to a publisher wanting him to publish his book. And his book is a nonfiction work uncovering the shocking truth that cats are evil and want to kill us, right? And then each story is supposed to illustrate this truth, right? But in every goddamn story, the cat kills someone, but they deserve it. The cats keep killing the bad guys. They don't kill anybody innocent. They kill all the bad guys, and I think that undermines his point. His point should be the cats are bringing justice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's the worst of them. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's do our, let's do our what's coming up for us in the next week. What's everybody excited about? You got new movies coming out? You got uh, something new out on on Blu-ray or 4K that you're excited to try to get? What's the going one on, I'm Joe? I'm excited about is a there's a is it is it a 4K? It's a Ghost Watch which is a BBC program. Yep. It, it's a movie and if you've seen the WNUF yep. Halloween special it's kind of similar in ways, kind of different in a lot of ways, but it's kind of along that same genre. And I, I've seen it one time years ago, and it, it, I really enjoyed it. That's your kind so, of movie. It, it's it's good. So now, it, help me out if I'm wrong here. Didn't it like get? Didn't like the BBC like get some trouble for it? Like people missed the beginning where they said this is a work of fiction, blah blah blah, because it's there, presented like news, and then people freaked out. Yeah, and got there, angry. there was some controversy around because a lot of people thought that it was based on reality, and I know the the location where they filmed it at they they were just flooded with like people wanting to investigate yeah. and see this very demonic location yeah. and. So there, there was some, a little bit of controversy that surrounded uh, it. Also, they, they never aired it again, right? Like it, no, it, it went on BBC once, and then yeah, it caused it, controversy, and they never showed it again. Kind of just got lost, and yeah, yeah I, I, who who is it that's releasing it? I is that Second Di Sight? Diabolic. Is it made no, Diabolic is, they just sell movies; they don't release anything. But. That 
Yeah, they're, they're not. Yeah, but. But yeah, I, I saw that there's a release that's coming out. It's you can pre-order it now. Actually, Ghost Watch. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna find out who's selling it. Hold on. Hold on. We're racing. Oops. Oops. Wrong button. Okay. Hold on. I'm looking. Who's selling it? Who's it's selling a it? I bet Casey films. finds it first. Yeah, 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 101 films, yep, okay. And it's not very, very expensive. Yeah, I think it's, $22. what, $20? Yeah, yeah. Actually, Amazon has it. Okay, so, all right, I was going to say it's cheaper on Amazon. Amazon has it listed for nineteen ninety nine, but no prime shipping. It's $6 shipping, mm. so it would end up being... Good Lord, that's a lot of money. And then plus it yeah. come all mangled. Yeah. But it, it comes out in October. Yeah, they'll they'll put it in an envelope and drop. Oh, sure, we could do you. a whole episode on that. I can <laughs> rant on that for fucking hours. Fucking Amazon. I, okay, shout out to to Diabolic DVD. Shout out everything they ship me is beautifully packaged in a box with plenty of packing material wrapped in bubble wrap, beautifully nicely taped. Everything's perfect. I I don't get a speck of dust in their stuff. And I have to say the same for Full Moon Productions. No, I've only ordered once from them. I got the Puppet Master box set, but yeah, they they ship it in a big box, very well packaged, and it doesn't come all beat to hell like yeah. you know you order shit from Amazon. They come in little flimsy packages. Well, if you're a collector of movies, you're you're just fuck stuck with damage. Yeah, I think the goods. saddest one I had from them was. Uh, it was a psycho steelbook and it was around christmas um and it took like shit i don't know two or three weeks for it to finally ship and uh of course it came in one of those little bubble thing or the not even the bubble one just a bag and uh the mailman didn't make it any better because they shoved it in the mail slot instead of leaving it on the the porch like they normally do and that thing was mangled to hell like it looked like somebody took a knife and like beat on it um and then it was which Bastards. I just don't understand, like, why they package them that way. I mean, I would be willing to pay extra if you just package it really nice in yeah. a box. Yeah. I, I will pay the $10, $15. Yeah. If, well, what is it? Diabolic? Five, it's what? Six yeah, bucks, five, five I think? Dollars, is I there think shipping? For, or, yeah, yeah, maybe it's five ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah, five. Yeah. There, yeah. There's no yeah, reason yeah. to be shipping shit in those flimsy ass envelopes because. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 times this yeah. shit's going to come uh, damaged. Yeah. Uh, Shout yeah, Factory, they recently uh, released the Child's Play series in 4K, well, at least 1 through 3. Um, and I, mm-hmm. mine was fine, like my box, but I saw a bunch of people post online with their boxes all mangled because the box was incredibly flimsy. It was almost like, I mean, it was barely better mm-hmm. than paper. Um, so some people, it was all mangled. And, yeah. and I'll, I will say mine, uh, my 4Ks of Child's Play 1 and 3, were scratched on the bottom, so I reached out to them, and they're gonna send they're gonna send me a couple oh, really? uh, replacements. Um, so I haven't looked at my three yet. I've I've watched one and two, and they were both perfect. But I, I haven't pulled out three yeah, yet. I better check it. Actually, I've read on Blu-ray.com sure, that okay. the, the scratches on uh, Shout Factory is pretty common. Uh, so I'm definitely gonna start checking all my discs yeah. I get from them, and all of actually it doesn't matter where I get it from anymore. I'm just gonna check them uh, every time because I. I also got yeah, uh, it's a good idea. I got something from Mondo recently. The what the heck was it? The not I can't remember the name of it. It's like the the horny vampire or something. You know what I'm talking. That's the it. horrible That's sexy it. vampire. The amazing, horrible sexy amazing vampire. Movie, yeah. By the way, <laughs> the horny enough, vampire. But, uh, uh, 
Yeah, but <laughs> terrible name. It, it uh, what what the I hell? Mean, There's no sexy true. vampire yeah, in that movie. Sexy, uh, but uh, yeah. that disc also was scratched, and I had to reach out to to them and get a replacement. So mine was perfect. I'm gonna say I think you guys have worse luck than yeah. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was perfect, but um, so so Casey, what else are you? What are you excited for um, coming up? Well. I've got uh, a bunch of stuff I've pre-ordered for September. There's actually, I was just counting them. I have 10 things pre-ordered for, for September. Um, so so we got uh, The them. Fog in 4K, um, and then uh, Poltergeist Same. and The Lost Boys in 4K. Um, a non-horror film, Real Genius, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I got it ordered. Yeah. And then uh, I yeah, Know It was Last Summer. Uh, uh, the Evil Dead 4K and the Army of Darkness 4K. Yep. Um, and then uh, Zombieland 4K Steelbook and Zombieland Double Tap 4K Steelbook. Those are actually reissues. I guess the Steelbooks nice. sold out when they first came yeah. out, so they're reissuing those at the end of September. Um, and then also uh, Lolita, uh, and that's the remake. Uh, I actually, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, the Adrian line, yeah. So, and then uh, there, another one that I want to get, but I'm not going to get it next month, is The Incredibly Strange Films of Ray Dennis Steckler, a uh, box set from Severin. Because I'm not going to pay, I think it's 150 bucks, something like that. I'm going to wait until Black Friday for that one. So is oh, I don't so he did the uh, the incredibly strange creatures that stopped living and became mixed yeah, up something zombies. Like that. And that I haven't I haven't seen any of these, but okay. just you know, skimming through the trailers, it looks like it'd be something that I would enjoy, so I'm gonna take a chance. See, I don't know. I'm so I'm so torn on that one. And what's the what's the like yeah. micro horrors of somebody from second side yeah, or imprint or somebody? Yeah. I'm torn on that Steckler one. I, I really am. I have this one on my wish list. Uh, but yeah, it looks good. But I, you know, they usually have some of their box sets on sale for half off or about half off during Black Friday. Okay. So uh, if we could score yeah. that one for you know about eighty bucks or something, I'd much rather pay that for it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And then yeah, there's a whole slew of stuff coming out in October too. But uh, I'll leave that for another podcast um and then i also was kind of thinking about maybe picking up crawl 4k uh that one about the, the oh god that movie is so crawl. bad oh no crawl oh. i'm sorry i think it's crawl okay i was thought, i thought the liam neeson the liam neeson uh science fiction fantasy movie oh. is what i thought you were talking oh, about no, oh no that's terrible that. but no 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 but but yeah, but Crawl, <laughs> the alligator movie, is pretty good. But yeah, yeah, it kind of yeah, sucks. I, like I just bought the Blu-ray of that some months ago, but the release, but I only paid like ten dollars or something yeah. for it. So, um, so the the yeah. full name of that one you're talking about, and it's from U.S. Indicator, Indicator U.S. Uh, Magic, That's Myth, it. and Mutilation: Indicator. The Micro Budget Cinema of Michael J. Murphy. Um, and That's yeah, it looks it. like mostly crap, but. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of yeah. movies in it for eighty three dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm torn on that one too. I'm torn on that one. So, Josh, I think what they've are you all been mentioned. Uh, I can't really think of anything. We talked about a couple of movies the last podcast, um, and uh, waiting on the Army of Darkness, which is coming out. That's 
Yeah. yeah. Finally going to have a really good copy of that one, even though I've got, what, three VHS, three DVDs, and pretty much buy anything that comes out. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, be excited to have a 4K, even though I don't have a 4K TV. <laughs> I just say that I have it. Well, but it'll play it. My <laughs> Xbox will play it, so that's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, your Xbox is it's going to up-convert. It's going to look better on your yeah, TV. Yeah, and then than someday the you'll get a 4K TV, TV, and then, no, then you'll have, you know, you'll want to rewatch yeah. all your stuff in 4K, so... Exactly. Not a yeah, bad thing. Yeah. I'm up to like yeah, six exactly. 4Ks now. I'm, I'm exactly. I'm doing good. Yeah. <laughs> Videodrome was one yeah. I know you guys were talking about getting. Oh yeah. Yeah, I just pre-ordered. I I just pre-ordered it. Uh, yeah. I think it comes out in October. In fact, so I pre-ordered the one with the awesome Debbie Harry artwork. I'm probably gonna end up buying the other one with the oh, wow. with the original artwork too because there's just no number of times I won't buy Videodrome. Yeah, I mean, I like David Cronenberg films. Like, like I like some of them, um, like uh, Shivers. Right, that was a Cronenberg. I love that movie. Yes, Shivers um, is great. And then yeah. there was also a yeah. what was that? Yeah. There was a remake or a similar movie, The Shivers. Like, yes, Rabbit. Rabbit. Oh, what? Rabbit. Was Ra- yeah, Rabbit. Um, yeah. Videodrome though, it was like it was just okay. Yeah. But the the art, like I almost want to buy it just oh, for the artwork no, alone. It's yeah, the artwork that that artwork is is beautiful. Um, well, and here here's the deal: we could talk about Videodrome for a whole episode because I have a theory that Cronenberg invented the internet. Hmm. Okay, yeah, <laughs> let's let's say that for another episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, so for me, the super exciting stuff is Videodrome, Videodrome, Videodrome. But also, I it's not new. It's been out a while. But I went ahead and finally got around to ordering the Eurocrypt of Christopher Lee box set. And it, ordering it actually kind of ties into what we're talking about because I ordered it for two reasons. Number one, I've always kind of wanted to see the movie where Christopher Lee plays Sherlock Holmes. And it's in there, so I'll finally get to see that. And then also, it has an entire TV series that Christopher Lee was, he was the Rod Serling of a horror anthology show called Macabre Theater. And that's been kind of lost to time. And they've got, they have all of the episodes that still exist. There are like 24 of them. There were more episodes than that, but some of them have just been lost. So I'm pretty excited to get that. Uh, I ordered the 4K of Dog Soldiers, which I'm pretty excited to see because that is a great werewolf movie. And I am a big fan of it. Um, oh god oh oh and the uh the seven disc 4k dawn of the dead box set i finally found one for a for what i thought was a good price it's a lot of money but it's an amount i was willing to play pay so that's going to be coming to me hopefully soon it's shipping from the uk so it'll take a little longer but i'm super excited about that and um as of right now I only have one more movie, and my my zombie series will be done. I just need Zombie Five: Killing Birds. As soon as I can find that cheap enough yeah, to make myself pay for it. I just watched that one uh, recently because I did pick it up for a killer price. It was sixteen dollars shipped from some dude on Facebook with slipcover. That's amazing. Brand new. That's I, nuts. I thought it was used, but yeah, it was brand new. How bad was it? But after I watched it, I can see why. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a good movie. It's, okay, okay, okay. All right, so here's the deal. I just recently was reading about the background of that movie. So 
obviously it was not a sequel to Zombie right. um, initially. In in Italy, any movie can be a sequel to any movie. They've got weird rules about it. But the screenplay originally was about a rock band that were staying in a castle while they were recording their album, but they didn't know that there were uh, dead Nazis buried under the castle, and somehow the rock band's evil music brought the, the, the Nazis back as zombies and attacked them. And when the screenwriter gave that screenplay to a producer, the producer read it and said, this is awesome, I want to make it. Small notes, can you turn the Nazis and rock band into birds? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how we got that movie and then they slapped zombie five on the front mm. of it and said there you go yeah definitely a different so. zombie two or zombie whatever the same movie um that was insanely yeah, awesome yeah, and then yeah. uh, Zom- zombie three was actually really good i was impressed by that one too uh, it wasn't like a real good movie but it was so fun. it gets weird no well, it gets weird because Falchi got sick and left halfway through, and Bruno uh, Mattei took over and just kind of made the second half of it like his thing. And so it it's like Falchi movie. You know what to expect, and then all of a sudden it's not a Falchi yeah, movie. And then four, 4 wasn't great either. Oh, it was, it oh was shit. Definitely better than 5. Yeah, but. yeah. Yeah, see, I, I will see 5 as soon as I find – if I can find one for 16 bucks – I'll be all over it. I uh, speaking of Falchi, uh so what, we're getting four Ks of the Beyond yes. and City of the Living yeah, Dead, that's, I think. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. So we can put the trilogy together. Yeah, and I do have the trilogy on Blu ray. I, I paid a little too much for one of them, uh, The Gates of Hell. Uh, I got the the Scorpion release because oh, yeah. it was out of print for a long time, and then of course Ronin Flicks had it for a short amount yeah. of time for cheap so i was kind of pissed about that but uh but yeah i, I love those films yeah. so much um and then also also yeah, uh, i love the cannibal holocaust 4k was announced mm-hmm. um coming coming from oh, greenhouse yeah. releasing and which i've yeah. got the blue of that too but i'm definitely going to pick up the 4k see see i just i just have dvd on that i have never upgraded it to blu-ray so that'll that'll be good i'll be i'll finally be able to upgrade it have a reason yeah yeah. Uh, oh, uh, also speaking of Falchi, another thing. So it's going to be a while before I get it because I bought it along with a pre-order and it won't ship until my pre-order comes out. Uh, it's actually my uh, uh, Real Genius pre-order. I ordered Falchi's Contraband, which is his, his like gangster movie. And I've always wanted to see that. So I'm pretty excited mm, for yeah, that. I didn't realize that was a Falchi film. I haven't seen it, but I'm. Yeah. it doesn't look like anything I'm really interested yeah. in. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested in seeing Falchi do, you know, something not horror. You know, it's like a uh, Mario Bava. Mario Bava made all those great horror films, but he also made like <laughs> westerns and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. All right, guys. Anybody have anything else? No, I think uh, I've about said everything I wanted to say. Yeah, I'd, uh... Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Joey, where's some of that pizza? Yeah, share that pizza, man. He did, he did uh, I'm good. Really it's really mine. Like it. Yeah, that cold thing. That. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cold pizza is the best. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, uh, cold pizza in the morning when you're hungover is like the best thing in the world. Oh, just cold pizza anytime's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Although cold fried chicken is probably the best cold food. <laughs> Ew. What? Gross. No, yeah. oh, you weirdo. Okay, beautiful kids. Kids, I we will let you two sign off so that Joey Each and other. can go deep into Halloween yeah, well, ends. Have fun getting Not again. I'm worn out. <laughs> Bastards. Bastards. All right. Uh, all right. We'll see all you right. guys next fun. week. You've made a big mistake. You're listening to Bloodfest, the podcast. There's no escape. Strap in, children. Things are going to get gooey. All right, everybody. Now that those two have ducked out so that they can escape having a film spoiled, I'm going to give you the big warning, your last chance to turn this off. As I said before, I have read the screenplay for Halloween Ends. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to tell you things that happen. I'm going to ruin that movie for you. So if you don't want that to happen, this is the time to stop listening to our show all right all right you've got time to get out now the other caveat that i want to give you guys is the script that i got was a pre-production script and that means there are likely changes so if i say for instance in in this screenplay there's a, a nice little touch where there's a movie playing on the tv and the movie is john carpenter's the thing so if in production they found out that they couldn't get the rights to the thing for some reason and instead the movie's Christine I didn't lie to you I wasn't wrong they just changed it all right so as it goes the script I read opens with an absolute fucking banger of a scene all right so we are gonna meet a well a babysitter naturally obviously it's a Halloween movie what else do you expect it's gonna be a babysitter we meet a young man named Corey he's a high school kid he's introduced it like he's a nice kid he's saving money for college um, he's been asked to babysit the last minute because this family's regular babysitter is sick um, he, apparently he does yard work for the family or something so he comes in to watch their little kid on Halloween night while the mom and dad are out at a party and this kid that he's watching is a dickhead, right? This kid is an asshole. Won't do what he's told, calling names, etc., etc. And they're sitting there watching the thing. And Corey's worried that he's gonna get he's gonna get too scared by it. Offers to put on cartoons, what have you. And the kid's like, basically, up yours, man. I'm not scared. I bet you're scared. Um, the kid reminds me of Joey a lot, honestly. He does that. We're watching Creep Show, and I can see he's starting to get worked up and scared. And I'm like, do you wanna do you wanna watch Princess Mononoke? Would you feel better watching Princess Mononoke? I would actually. Yeah, I know, I know. So anyway, what happens is Corey tells the kid, look five more minutes and then you gotta go to bed and the kid's like you go to bed and he's like no you're up past the time your parents said i'm gonna give you five minutes and then you gotta go to bed and Corey gets up goes in the kitchen to get himself a drink opens the fridge finds a yoohoo yoohoo comes back a few times i 
don't think it's thematically important, but it's there. Finds himself a Yoo-Hoo, sees a pie on the counters, thinking about getting a piece, gets out the big carving knife, um, the absolutely iconic-looking knife, and is getting ready to cut a piece when he hears what sounds like a crash, sets the knife down, runs in the living room, no kid. He's calling for the kid, no kid, and then he sees the front door's ajar, so he throws it open, he looks around outside, doesn't see anything, and he's like, oh, fuck. So he comes in, he's calling for the kid, he's kind of tricky at calling, he's running around the house looking, he makes his way back into the kitchen, and he happens to glance over, and that knife is gone. So now he is freaked the fuck out, right? He's hoping that the kid's hiding somewhere, this is a mean game, that this little dick is playing, but also he's thinking the worst. I mean, this is Haddonfield, man. This could be Michael Myers. So he gets upstairs, still looking, and he sees there's an open window. Oh, fuck, open window. Runs over to the window to, to look out. That's when he hears something behind him because the little kid, now wearing a Halloween mask and holding the fucking carving knife, is running out of a closet at him. And Corey reacts, you know, like you would, and hits the damn kid. No big deal, except the kid goes flying, tumbles down the stairs, impels him fu- his fucking self on a goddamn Michael Myers knife. The parents get home just in time to start screaming over the corpse of their dead child. Smash cut to credits, baby. We we pull in on the uh, the according to the screenplay on the iconic um, Halloween jack o' lantern, and we play the credits. And then we're going to get our reintroduction to Laurie Strode with a voiceover that, quite honestly, if they did not cut some of this, it goes on too long. It is a massive exposition dump. It replays many things that we already know from from the first Halloween movie, from the two that came before this. It's a big catch-up, and you don't need that, quite frankly, because there is zero chance someone watching Halloween Ends has not seen the prior movies. I mean, no, but Joey, would you, you, can you imagine somebody who's like, well, I've never seen Halloween or Halloween 2018 or Halloween Kills. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell you yeah. now, if yeah. Yeah. you know, if you're watching Halloween Ends, you've watched all the Halloween movies. Yeah. Otherwise, if you haven't watched the Halloween movies, if you're not familiar with Laurie yeah. Strode and Michael Myers, you're not watching Halloween Ends. Yeah, it makes, makes zero so, sense. So, I mean, just from yeah. the sounds of what you just said, obviously I haven't read the screenplay, but, you know... That much of a dialogue or flashback or recap of yeah. Laurie Strode, uh, that seems like it's a bit overkill. And yeah. yeah. Hopefully in post-production they're like, okay, Chopping yeah, that down a little bit. Yeah. This is too long. We, you know. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is we, we have the focus of a goldfish, attention yeah. span of a goldfish. So, yeah. I would think too long of that dialogue would yeah. lose people. But then what the voiceover does is it, it does something that's actually useful. So this film is taking place, I think, five years after the last film. Um, so Corey, when we meet Corey, that's like the next Halloween after Halloween ends, right? So it's like a year later, and then this is like five years after that. You mean Halloween Kills? Yeah, yeah, Halloween Kills, yeah. Uh, yep. yeah. So like Halloween Kills, Halloween and Halloween Kills are, are 2018, and then we meet Corey in 2019, and then we're going to jump five years past that. 
is I believe what, what it says. Um, but then Lori kind of catches us up on that, that in interim between those two, which is fine. We find out that she and her granddaughter Allison are living together. Lori is sober now, which is good. And they've got a house and it's Lori's isn't living in a, in a trap anymore. Um, she's, she's come to peace with her past and with her possible future. And she's trying to live a normal life with her, with her granddaughter and her granddaughter, Allison is a nurse now. Um, so we get all that. That's great. Um, <clears throat> we find out what the voiceover is. So Lori Strode is writing her memoir, which is apparently something that uh, her she's going to therapy and something that her therapist had suggested, which makes sense. Um, the, the last two movies have really had a lot to do with PTSD, so we're carrying that through and coping with post-traumatic stress. So that's good. And then we catch back up with Corey, who's starting to feel like the main character of this movie, quite honestly. Um, so it's five years later, and Corey's got long, ra raggedy, straggly hair. Kid's not looking good. Um, he's not off to college or, or through college, as you would expect, but instead he is working at a mechanic shop, and we catch up with uh, the police officer, Hawkins, who is no longer a cop. He has, due to injuries, he he left the police and he took over the family business this mechanic shop and he's hired this kid Corey we get some little background that Corey actually was charged in the death of the child but then was acquitted because everybody figured it was an accident but nobody believes it was an accident uh basically people are in two two camps in the town those who are like well yeah it was an accident but still you're responsible you killed a kid and then most people are like no he he murdered that kid he's like he's like fucked in the head and he just took a chance to stab a little kid to death so Corey's an outcast working at this shop um Hawkins has clearly taken like a liking to him, trying to help him. Corey doesn't own a car, despite being like 24 or 23 or something now. He rides everywhere on a bicycle, so Hawkins has got him an old beat-up motorcycle that they're they're fixing up together. And we're just basically following Corey. I mean, he's he's our character now. Um, <clears throat> so he runs into a group of local high school-age bullies who are pushing him around uh being verbally abusive to him it's reaching the point where it looks like it's going to get nasty he accidentally breaks his bottle of yoohoo because that's what he always drinks in this and gets a nasty gash on his hand and things are about to get really nasty when finally our hero comes to save the day laurie strode comes in and makes those kids fuck the fuck off uh, then when they're gone, she takes out her pocket knife and slashes one of their tires because uh, they went into the store, and so she fucks up their car. Then she gives the knife to Corey uh, so he'll have something to protect himself with, and she can't just let him go because he's got bad hand wounds, so she takes him to the clinic where he meets Allison, uh, the, the granddaughter, and they have a meet-cute, and we know like in two seconds, oh, these two are definitely going to bone. Uh, the cute young kids just met in a cute way, and now we know they're on their way to unprotected sex. And then we can get Laurie Strode's great-granddaughter, and I'm sorry, I'm getting off the, off the path there. So anyway, 
they they clearly have a, an immediate connection and they're they're kind of playing around whether they're going to go out or if they're friends or blah 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 um honestly we're dragging a little bit in the script at this point Allison convinces Corey to go with her to a Halloween party at a bar, which is a massive mistake because, first of all, he doesn't like going out around a lot of people because he's a fucking outcast. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants him around. And then while at the bar, he runs into the mother of the kid he killed, and we've got a Mrs. Kintner uh, coming up to Chief Brody and bashing his face in in Jaws-type situation, and he can't take it, runs away. Allison chases him down in the car, gets him in the car. They have a talk. He gets calmed down, and blah, blah, blah. We spend some more time with Corey. We spend a little more time with Lori, although nothing really happens there. And then we get to a date so allison asks Corey out on a date he really wants to go but he's got to work that night so he tells her i will meet you at the restaurant and we know that's not going to happen because we have seen movies before right oh yeah they're gonna fuck oh no we know the date's never gonna happen oh yeah all right so anyway somebody gets murdered so well see now hold on because you might not be that far off so he heads out on his bike to to go and meet Lori to have their beautiful date and or not Lori sorry Allison. Allison to have their beautiful date in a nice restaurant and he gets right to a bridge and that's when who should show up but Freddy Krueger no the school bullies again the mean kids <laughs> they pull up in their car I thought you were gonna say Michael Myers no would you not think so I, Wait, any guess how far we into them are into the movie sounds like we're still at the beginning we're like 30 minutes or so based on based on page count at this point we're like 30 <clears throat> minutes or so into the movie but hold on though hold on so they force him off the fucking road and get out of the car and they're harassing him and bullying him and what's he do he pulls out Lori's pocket knife and what do they do one of the kids knocks it right out of his hand it goes over the bridge it's gone no pocket knife for him so he tries to get away and one of the kids shoves him and what happens to Corey he tumbles right off that fucking bridge like 30 feet hits his head unconscious they freak out they think they killed him they split so now Corey's down at the bottom of a ravine under the bridge and that's when this vagrant shows up and the vagrant Corey's like half coming to and the vagrant drags him up under the bridge into what in the uh in the screenplay is described as a bridge cave um there's a little more description and it sounds like what happens is old pieces of concrete and stuff have fallen and maybe some trees and it's kind of made a cave accidentally right and so the vagrant like drags him in there and then leaves and Corey comes to in this cave and he realizes there's someone with him and he's looking around and we are just so you'll know 40 pages into a 96 page screenplay all right so we are almost halfway through and we finally see the shape michael myers and in the in the screenplay it's described like this we see michael like we have never seen him before his skin where it is visible is infected he he is his clothes are full of holes and raggedy and the mask is growing mold so Corey starts to scream. Michael grabs him and whacks his head against a rock and knocks him out. When he comes to, 
Michael is still there. Corey gets up to try to run out, and Michael grabs him by the throat and holds him, looks into his eyes, and then lets him go. So Corey makes his way out of the cave, and there's that vagrant, right? And the vagrant says, was that him? Is it Michael? And Corey doesn't answer. And the vagrant says, if it was Michael, why do you let you live? Go in there and get me that mask. If it was him, go in there and get me that mask. And Corey gives him a shove to try to get out of his way. And, and the vagrant pulls out Corey's fucking knife that he dropped off the bridge earlier, right? So the vagrant's pointing the knife at him. And what's Corey do? He grabs the knife and stabs the vagrant to death. That's what happens in the first half of the movie. We are not really following Lori. She is a background character in this. We're following this kid. And we take 40 minutes to get to Michael Myers. And Michael lets this kid live. And then this kid immediately murders a homeless person. So that's the first half of the screenplay for Halloween Ends. Is it good? Is it bad? I am going to tell you my, my honest opinion. I am not in love with what I'm reading, but I also know on more than one occasion I have read a screenplay before I have watched the movie, and the movie's never what's on the page. It's never what's on the page. Directors don't film a script. They take a script and they interpret it. So beyond changes that could have happened at some point and how it's going to be interpreted on screen this might be the best thing that's ever been done in the Halloween franchise I don't know there's no way for me to know at this point all I can know for sure is Halloween's gonna end so I am going to give you guys the rundown next week uh, same way at the end of our next episode I'm gonna take probably longer because there is more to dig into and I'm going to give you guys the second half of Halloween Ends. Um, that's assuming uh, Blumhouse doesn't get send me a cease and desist or I don't get um, murdered by assassins that Jamie Lee Curtis hires. Although I have to say, if Jamie Lee Curtis has me assassinated, put that on my grave. That would be awesome. Okay, boys and girls, that's the end of Bloodfest. Uh, tonight's show was brought to you by Anchor Podcasts. Anchor Podcasts, they podcast anchors. Um, we're uh, we're going to sign off now, and I'll see you next week. made a big mistake you're listening to bloodfest the podcast there's no escape strap in children things are going to get gooey All right, everybody, now that those two have ducked out so that they can escape having a film spoiled, I'm going to give you 
the big warning, your last chance to turn this off. As I said before, I have read the screenplay for Halloween Ends. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to tell you things that happen. I'm going to ruin that movie for you. So if you don't want that to happen, this is the time to stop listening to our show. All right? All right, you've got time to get out. Now, the other caveat that I want to give you guys is the script that I got was a pre-production script, and that means there are likely changes. So if I say, for instance, in in this screenplay, there's a, a nice little touch where there's a movie playing on the TV, and the movie is John Carpenter's The Thing. So if in production they found out that they couldn't get the rights to the thing for some reason and instead the movie's Christine I didn't lie to you I wasn't wrong they just changed it all right so as it goes the script I read opens with an absolute fucking banger of a scene all right so we are gonna meet a well a babysitter naturally obviously it's a halloween movie what else do you expect it's gonna be a babysitter we meet a young man named Corey. he's a high school kid he's introduced at like he's a nice kid he's saving money for college um he's been asked to babysit the last minute because this family's regular babysitter is sick um he, apparently he does yard work for the family or something so he comes in to watch their little kid on halloween night while the mom and dad are out at a party and this kid that he's watching is a dickhead, right? This kid is an asshole. Won't do what he's told, calling names, etc., etc. And they're sitting there watching the thing. And Corey's worried that he's gonna get he's gonna get too scared by it. Offers to put on cartoons, what have you. And the kid's like, basically, up yours, man. I'm not scared. I bet you're scared. Um, the kid reminds me of Joey a lot, honestly. He does that. We're watching Creep Show, and I can see he's starting to get worked up and scared. And I'm like, do you wanna do you wanna watch Princess Mononoke? Would you feel better watching Princess Mononoke? I would, actually. Yeah, I know, I know. So anyway, what happens is Corey tells the kid, look, five more minutes, and then you gotta go to bed. And the kid's like, you go to bed. And he's like, no, you're up past the time your parents said. I'm gonna give you five minutes, and then you gotta go to bed. And Corey gets up, goes in the kitchen to get himself a drink, opens the fridge, finds a Yoo-Hoo. Yoo-Hoo comes back a few times. I don't think it's thematically important, but it's there. Finds himself a Yoo-Hoo, sees a pie on the counters, thinking about getting a piece, gets out the big carving knife um absolutely iconic looking knife and he's getting ready to cut piece when he hears what sounds like a crash sets the knife down runs in the living room no kid he's calling for the kid no kid and then he sees the front doors ajar so he throws it open he looks around outside doesn't see anything and he's like oh fuck so he comes in he's calling for the kid he's kind of tricky at calling he's running around the house looking he makes his way back into the kitchen and he happens to glance over and that knife is gone so now he is freaked the fuck out right he's hoping that the kid's hiding somewhere this is a mean game that this little dick is playing but also he's thinking the worst i mean this is haddonfield man this could be michael myers so he gets upstairs still looking and he sees there's an open window oh fuck open window runs over to the window to to look out that's when he hears something behind him because the little kid now wearing a halloween mask and holding the fucking carving knife is running out of a closet at him and Corey reacts you know like you would and hits the damn kid 
No big deal, except the kid goes flying, tumbles down the stairs, impels him fu- his fucking self on a goddamn Michael Myers knife. The parents get home just in time to start screaming over the corpse of their dead child. Smash cut to credits, baby. We we pull in on the uh, the I, according to the screenplay on the iconic um, Halloween jack o' lantern, and we play the credits. And then we're going to get our reintroduction to Laurie Strode with a voiceover that, quite honestly, if they did not cut some of this, it goes on too long. It is a massive exposition dump. It replays many things that we already know from from the first Halloween movie, from the two that came before this. It's a big catch-up, and you don't need that, quite frankly, because there is zero chance someone watching Halloween Ends has not seen the prior movies. I mean, nobody. Joey, would you, you can you imagine somebody who's like, well, I've never seen Halloween or Halloween 2018 or Halloween Kills. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell you yeah. now, if yeah. Yeah. you know, if you're watching Halloween Ends, you've watched all the Halloween movies. Yeah. Otherwise, if you haven't watched the Halloween movies, if you're not familiar with Laurie yeah. Strode and Michael Myers, you're not watching Halloween. Yeah, Ends. it makes, makes zero so, sense. So, I mean, just from the yeah. sounds of what you just said, obviously I haven't read the screenplay, but, you know, that much of a dialogue or flashback or recap of yeah. Laurie Str- uh, that seems like it's a bit overkill and yeah. Yeah. hopefully in post production they're like okay chopping yeah, that down a little bit yeah this is too long we you know yeah, yeah. because yeah. i mean the fact of the matter is we we have the focus of a goldfish attention yeah. span of a goldfish so yeah. I would think too long of that dialogue would yeah. lose people. But then what the voiceover does is it, it does something that's actually useful. So this film is taking place, I think, five years after the last film. Um, so Corey, when we meet Corey, that's like the next Halloween after Halloween ends, right? So it's like a year later, and then this is like five years after that. You mean Halloween Kills? Yeah, yeah, Halloween Kills, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So like Halloween Kills, Halloween and Halloween Kills are, are 2018, and then we meet Corey in 2019, and then we're going to jump five years past that. I believe what what it says, um, but then Lori kind of catches us up on that that in interim between those two, which is fine. We find out that she and her granddaughter Allison are living together. Lori is sober now, which is good, and they've got a house, and it's Lori's isn't living in a in a trap anymore. Um, she's she's come to peace with her past and with her possible future and she's trying to live a normal life with her with her granddaughter and her granddaughter Allison is a nurse now um, so we get all that that's great um, <clears throat> we find out what the voiceover is so Lori Strode is writing her memoir which is apparently something that uh, her she's going to therapy and something that her therapist had suggested which makes sense um, the, the last Two movies have really had a lot to do with PTSD, so we're carrying that through and coping with post-traumatic stress. So that's good. And then we catch back up with Corey, who's starting to feel like the main character of this movie, quite honestly. Um, so it's five years later. And Corey's got long, ra- raggedy, scraggly hair. Kid's not looking good. Um, he's not off to college or, or through college, as you would expect. But instead, he is working at a mechanic shop, and we catch up with uh, the police officer, Hawkins, who is no longer a cop. He has, due to injuries, he 
he left the police and he took over the family business, this mechanic shop, and he's hired this kid, Corey. We get some little background that Corey actually was charged in the death of the child, but then was acquitted because everybody figured it was an accident. But nobody believes it was an accident. Uh, basically, people are in two, two camps in the town. Those who are like, well, yeah, it was an accident, but still, you're responsible. You killed a kid. And then most people are like, no, he, he murdered that kid. He's like, he's like fucked in the head, and he just took a chance to stab a little kid to death. So Corey's an outcast working at this shop. Um, Hawkins has clearly taken like a liking to him, trying to help him. Corey doesn't own a car, despite being like 24 or 23 or something now. He rides everywhere on a bicycle, so Hawkins has got him an old beat-up motorcycle that they're they're fixing up together. And we're just basically following Corey. I mean, he's, he's our character now. Um, <clears throat> so he runs into a group of local high school-age bullies who are pushing him around, uh, being verbally abusive to him. It's reaching the point where it looks like it's going to get nasty. He accidentally breaks his bottle of Yoohoo, because that's what he always drinks in this, and gets a nasty gash on his hand, and things are about to get really nasty when finally our hero comes to save the day. Laurie Strode comes in and makes those kids fuck the fuck off. Uh, then when they're gone, she takes out her pocket knife and slashes one of their tires because uh, they went into the store, and so she fucks up their car. Then she gives the knife to Corey uh, so he'll have something to protect himself with, and she can't just let him go because he's got bad hand wounds, so she takes him to the clinic where he meets Allison, uh, the, the granddaughter, and they have a meet-cute, and we know like in two seconds, oh, these two are <laughs> definitely going to bone. Uh, the cute young kids just met in a cute way, and now we know they're on their way to unprotected sex. And then we can get Laurie Strode's great-granddaughter, and I'm sorry, I'm getting off the, off the path there. So anyway, they, they clearly have a, an immediate connection, and they're, they're kind of playing around whether they're going to go out or if they're friends or blah, blah, blah. Um, honestly, we're dragging a little bit in the script at this point. Allison convinces Corey to go with her to a Halloween party at a bar, which is a massive mistake because, first of all, he doesn't like going out around a lot of people because he's a fucking outcast. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants him around. And then while at the bar, he runs into the mother of the kid he killed, and we've got a Mrs. Kintner uh, coming up to Chief Brody and bashing his face in in Jaws type situation, and he can't take it, runs away. Allison chases him down in the car, gets him in the car. They have a talk. He gets calmed down, and blah, blah, blah. We spend some more time with Corey. We spend a little more time with Lori, although nothing really happens there. And then we get to... A date. So Allison asks Corey out on a date. He really wants to go, but he's got to work that night. So he tells her, I will meet you at the restaurant. And we know that's not going to happen because we have seen movies before, right? Oh, yeah. They're yeah. going to fuck. Oh, no. We know the date's never going to happen. Oh, Come yeah. on. All right. So anyway. Somebody gets murdered. So, well, see, now hold on because you might not be that far off. So he heads out on his bike to to go and meet Lori to have their beautiful date in a, or not Lori sorry Allison. Allison to have their beautiful date in a nice restaurant and he gets right to a bridge and that's when who should show up but 
Freddy Krueger. No, the school bullies again. The mean kids. <laughs> they pull up in their car. I thought you were going to say Michael Myers. No. Would you not think so? I, Wait, any guess how far we into the, are into the movie? Sounds like we're still at the beginning. We're like 30 minutes or so based on based on page count at this point. We're like 30 <clears throat> minutes or so into the movie. But hold on, though. Hold on. So they force him off the fucking road and get out of the car, and they're harassing him and bullying him. And what's he do? He pulls out Lori's pocket knife. And what do they do? One of the kids knocks it right out of his hand. It goes over the bridge. It's gone. No pocket knife for him. So he tries to get away, and one of the kids shoves him. And what happens to Corey? He tumbles right off that fucking bridge, like 30 feet, hits his head, unconscious. They freak out. They think they killed him. They split, so now Corey's down at the bottom of a ravine under the bridge, and that's when this vagrant shows up. And the vagrant, Corey's like half coming to, and the vagrant drags him up under the bridge into what in the uh, in the screenplay is described as a bridge cave. Um, there's a little more description, and it sounds like what happens is old pieces of concrete and stuff have fallen and maybe some trees, and it's kind of made a cave accidentally right and so the vagrant like drags him in there and then leaves and Corey comes to in this cave and he realizes there's someone with him and he's looking around and we are just so you'll know 40 pages into a 96 page screenplay all right so we are almost halfway through and we finally see the shape michael myers and in the in the screenplay, it's described like this. We see Michael like we have never seen him before. His skin where it is visible is infected. He, he is, his clothes are full of holes and raggedy, and the mask is growing mold. So Corey starts to scream. Michael grabs him and whacks his head against a rock and knocks him out. When he comes to... Michael is still there. Corey gets up to try to run out, and Michael grabs him by the throat and holds him, looks into his eyes, and then lets him go. So Corey makes his way out of the cave, and there's that vagrant, right? And the vagrant says, was that him? Is it Michael? And Corey doesn't answer. And the vagrant says, if it was Michael, why do he let you live? Go in there and get me that mask. If it was him, go in there and get me that mask. And Corey gives him a shove to try to get out of his way. And, and the vagrant pulls out Corey's fucking knife that he dropped off the bridge earlier, right? So the vagrant's pointing the knife at him. And what's Corey do? He grabs the knife and stabs the vagrant to death. That's what happens in the first half of the movie. We are not really following Lori. She is a background character in this. We're following this kid. And we take 40 minutes to get to Michael Myers, and Michael lets this kid live, and then this kid immediately murders a homeless person. So that's the first half of the screenplay for Halloween Ends. Is it good? Is it bad? I am going to tell you my, my honest opinion. I am not in love with what I'm reading, but... I also know on more than one occasion I have read a screenplay before I have watched the movie and the movie's never what's on the page. It's never what's on the page. Directors don't film a script. They take a script and they interpret it. So beyond changes that could have happened at some point and 
how it's going to be interpreted on screen, this might be the best thing that's ever been done in the Halloween franchise. I don't know. There's no way for me to know at this point. All I can know for sure is Halloween's going to end. So I am going to give you guys the rundown next week, uh, same way, at the end of our next episode. I'm going to take probably longer because there is more to dig into and I'm going to give you guys the second half of Halloween Ends. Um, that's assuming uh, Blumhouse doesn't get send me a cease and desist or I don't get um, murdered by assassins that Jamie Lee Curtis hires. Although I have to say, if Jamie Lee Curtis has me assassinated, put that on my grave. That would be awesome. Okay, boys and girls, that's the end of Bloodfest. Uh, tonight's show was brought to you by Anchor Podcasts. Anchor Podcasts, they podcast anchors. Um, we're uh, we're going to sign off now, and I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>